Hello, hello. Welcome back. My name is Sydney. You are here at the Personal Stylist Podcast. I hope you enjoyed last month's themed episodes. They were really fun to talk about, and we are going to dive into another mini series of episodes this month. We are going to talk all about four mental blocks that you may be experiencing in your business and what to do about them. Now, before we dive into that, I will share with you what I am wearing. If you're new here, what I'm wearing is a sometimes recurring theme on the podcast when I'm not batching all my episodes. And I have to confess that I'm not really wearing anything that memorable today. I have on a favorite brown kind of boxy oversized H&M sweater that I've had for probably 10 years. Got some Target leggings. I've got my sneakers because I have been walking on my treadmill and my hair is out of control. I think that's the most notable thing is that it has been probably six months since my last haircut and I usually like it like chin length. My girl moved to Atlanta and I know you have experienced the pain of losing your hairstylist and I have not been able to get it together to research another one. I have been tempted to let my husband chop it. And I don't know, that could either go really good or really bad. And then I would be forced to get a hairstylist. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) So aside from that, on what I'm wearing, obviously this podcast episode is going to be a lot more interesting than my outfit because my outfit is just normal. It's functional. It's my classic core wardrobe and it works for getting my miles in on the treadmill while I work. So you're a personal stylist right? That means I know that your style game is on point, but I want to talk about in these four episodes, your mental game. Because if you are running a business, your mental game is going to be like 50% of your success and your ability to stay in the game. I was actually talking with a um, potential one-on-one client last week. And she said something about, you know, I don't know that I necessarily need to talk about confidence because I have confidence. And I said, yeah, I can definitely see. And I like, I can tell you have confidence. I know with mindset work that we do and the work we do in this program, it is a lot more than confidence. So when I talk about mindset and when I talk about your mental game, we're going like 10 levels deep on confidence, okay? Like we are not just stopping at, are you confident enough to sell? Are you confident in your prices? No, we are like, we're doing that, but we are also going deeper to the things that you will experience as an entrepreneur, as owning your own business, that you need to understand when it's happening and you need to understand how to get yourself out of that. We are going to talk about four different syndromes that include the inner critic syndrome. We are going to talk about the imposter syndrome, the entitlement syndrome, and the self-sabotage success syndrome. All of this month, we're going to have a different episode on each of them. And I am really, really excited to talk about these. I have experienced varying levels 
of these syndromes. And I know that my clients experience them as well. So we're going to talk about how to understand and know when you are experiencing this, what are the signs? Why are they showing up? And then what can you do to really, I'm going to say fix it. What I really mean is what can you do to turn those things around and have it be less impactful on you in the moment. Okay. So these might be more like mini-sodes this week and we'll just see what happens. Now let's get right in then to the episode of this week, which is the inner critic syndrome. You have experienced inner critic syndrome. If you've ever asked yourself or kind of heard the question in your brain that says, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. You can't do this. How are you ever going to pull that off? Why are you doing this? What the inner critic syndrome and the voice does is it keeps you from taking action. It gives you excuses to not do something. It pulls it up and it whispers in your ear and it says, you can't do this. How are you going to do it? Why are you trying to do that? Someone else is always doing that. You did this last time and did you see how that turned out? Oh my gosh, do you remember that person? That was a terrible experience. Do you remember when you tried to launch this and it didn't go well? Blah, 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 right? The inner critic syndrome is really tricky because what it does is pulls from your actual past lived experiences to validate why you shouldn't be doing the thing that you're wanting or attempting or trying to do. So the inner critic, when it's telling you these things of how can you do this? How am I going to do it? You can't do it. It's giving you lived examples of times when you couldn't do it, when you couldn't hack it, when you tried something and it failed. And so what that does is then validate further in your head that you can't do it. You tried it and it didn't work. You did it and it didn't work. You have to develop some ninja-like moves to recognize this one and to know how to stop that barrage of thoughts, the barrage of things that say, it's all wrong. You're wrong. It's wrong. The program's wrong. The price is wrong. The service is wrong. How you're doing it is wrong. Didn't you see so-and-so? They did it this way. Why are you not doing it that way? It's the barrage that says, you can't do it. You'll never be able to do it. Second guessing yourself, doing something that you feel good about, and then feeling unsure, questioning, deciding to pull back. It's also when you get paralyzed from all of these voices and do nothing. Because what is happening, because the inner critic is pulling from your past live experiences, it wants to keep you from reliving those experiences. So it's gonna pull out all the stops to say, hold up, Sydney, don't do this again. It was really bad when we did this last time. Don't you remember? Like, you don't wanna go through that again. Let's not do that, okay? Like, we're just trying to keep you safe. I just want you to be cozy like you're wrapped in a blanket. Don't subject yourself to all of these things, right? And 
other ways that this can show up and how this kind of can get in and really show itself in your business is that you, and these are the like ninja moves of things to look out for when you hear the voice of the inner critic to trigger you, to activate you, to know and say, okay, it's time to do a ninja move, which is what I'm going to share with you at the end of this. So one way this also shows up is that when you don't trust yourself, I am a really, really big believer in that we all have all of the answers inside of us. When you work with me in my programs, I guide you, I share things with you. I do not tell you how something should be done. I want you to tell me how you want it to be done. And then I will help you think about what that process looks like and how it's going to work out in reality. Because I want you to learn to trust yourself because you have the answers. Your inner critic is going to tell you not to trust yourself. And it's going to bring up some BS situation to do that. Falling under not trusting yourself is this idea of really craving other people's approval or kind of being this like type A student. You want to, and I am definitely a type A. I want to show up to class with all my work done. I want the teacher to like know that I did everything. And that is another example of not trusting yourself because you are looking at someone else, what someone else is doing. You're looking at someone else's approval on the thing that you are creating. Another little avenue of this is placing your self-worth on other people, the amount of money you make in your business, the amount of clients you put or you work with, the things that you put out, and having your self-worth and that output being equal. That's another version of not trusting yourself and not trusting in your inherent worth regardless of things that are going on the outside. Another way this shows up is not exploring something because of one bad experience or because of an unknown. And a really great example of this is when I hear and stylists will say to me, man, I know that I just need to have virtual services, but it just seems so hard. Or like I tried virtual and it was just really hard. Um, but also knowing that, hello, we literally just went through a pandemic and everything was virtual. Sometimes stylists are surprised when I tell them I had like worked with my first virtual client in 2017. And I have always been a firm believer that you can do basically anything virtual. Virtual is not hard. It's different. And if you're not exploring something or you're continuing to say, these are excuses, right? It's hard. I don't know how to do it. It takes so much time. That is the inner critic showing up to give you a past live experience of when it didn't go well to prevent you from having to do something in the future that could be a really good idea but maybe you don't want to do it and you don't want to explore it because that inner critic voice is keeping you from doing that. Another way this shows up for stylists is setting prices for your services out of pity, affordability, or the desire to serve. Now, 
this shows up because it is the inner critic saying, how can you price something like that? Don't you want to work with as many people as possible? Wow, that's really expensive. Or saying, man, I just want everybody to be able to afford this. So I'm going to price this at this price point. And then there's a whole slew of things that happen because of that, right? Like probably don't get the clients you want, or you get clients that are not invested in the process. You get clients that are a pain to work with. I worked with some pain in the butt clients that had a lot of money, but because my prices were not investment or because I let them dictate the process, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, they were a pain. That was my inner critic showing up for myself to say, no, don't charge. You can't charge this high. And then it actually like kind of jacked things up for me (laughs) in that one experience, in that one situation of having an unhappy client experience because I priced something out of lack. Um, I've also had experience of pricing things out of a desire to make things affordable. And when I can look back on that decision, I can see that it was kind of my inner critic showing up to say, how am I going to do this? I can't make it higher priced. I can't do this. I'll never be able to do that. So I'm going to do it this way. And then that also backfired. Another way the inner critic often shows up for stylists and for people in business in general is being reactive and not proactive in your business. So the inner critic is, again, all about keeping you safe, right? Keeping you small and keeping you safe. So there's not a lot of proactiveness with the inner critic. So if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of processes in your business. It feels really chaotic. Things are kind of all over the place. You're really, really busy. You're always hustling. Um, If your clients are dictating the process or telling you how something's going to go and you're kind of like, oh, uh, okay, you're being reactive. If you're continuing to do what you're doing, even if maybe it's not really working or even if it could be working better, but you're comfortable and you feel safe continuing to do what you're doing, that's being reactive because you are just reacting to the systems already in place in your business. You may not even realize that they could be better. You're just comfortable and safe. Another final way that you might be being reactive in your business and that this inner critic is showing up is not looking at or knowing your finances. This is a really scary one for a lot of people. And it's really, really easy for the inner critic to just kind of come along and say, oh, you're not like a math major. You're not a business major. You don't know anything about accounting. Just like, let's just not worry about these things, right? Like, remember the last time you tried to make an Excel spreadsheet? That was messed up. Like, we'll just kind of bypass this. And this is an area where a lot of my clients, even if they've been in business for a while, they don't have a good handle on this. And I'm with you. I did not have a good handle on my finances until the end of, when was it? 2020? Like I had been running a business. I had been doing the best that I could, but I didn't have a true understanding or grasping of knowledge of finances because I was being reactive. And my inner critic was showing up really hard when it came to money of all of the limiting beliefs and why I couldn't do it and blah, 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 blah. All of these areas are places that your inner critic knows your weaknesses. 
it knows exactly where to hammer home for you and like point out the thing that is going to make you stop or going to make you paralyzed or going to make you reactive or inactive in your business. So you have to become a mindset ninja. And the reason this is so much more than confidence is because as you can see from all of these examples, they're not based around confidence. Like you could make an argument, sure, that like if you had confidence, you could you know, do all of these things, but I don't believe that. I believe that when you're able to, you have to turn these thoughts around. And that's like our ninja move today is to ask yourself some questions and turn these thoughts around. Now, this is based off of Byron Katie's The Work. And it is some work, let me tell you. <laughs> but it is the one of the best exercises and tools I have found for, and in my personal experience, for inner critic. Because your inner critic is you. It is Sydney piping up and saying, hey girl, you can't do that. Hey girl, what you thinking? Why are you trying to do that? You did this last time and look how that turned out. Let's just not even do that again, right? That's me. Those are, those are my thoughts. But as one of my mentors says, we have thoughts, but we are not our thoughts. So they are thoughts happening inside my brain, but I am not my thoughts. This is my mentor, Jim Fortin. You can have thoughts, but they are not you. You are not your thoughts. And so in this ninja move, what we want to do and turn it around is, number one, identify the thought. What is the thought that we're having? What is the feeling that we're feeling? What is coming up for us? And this may be like a little loose. Like you may not necessarily be able to say, oh, my inner critic is telling me <laughs> that I can't do this. But you probably can identify an emotion, a feeling, it might feel like you're stuck. You might feel resistance. You might feel upset. You might feel frustration. So if you're having a moment around something, identify what that is. And that can be a kind of trigger to know, oh, okay, this is something that I think my inner critic is telling me. Another way you can identify this is if it's something that occurs three or more times. Sometimes for me, something can occur two or more times and I start to recognize it as a pattern. So if a similar situation comes up two, three or more times, that's a recurring pattern. It could be a thought, it could be an interaction, it could be a feeling. And it could be something that comes up when you are about to do a particular thing. So this could be you about to get in on Insta stories to do a live or do some stories and talk to the camera. This could be before you show up to write your newsletter or before you get on a sales call to pitch your services to somebody there might be a recurring feeling or thought or nervousness or anxiety that comes up. And chances are that's your inner critic trying to talk you out of doing something because it doesn't want you to fail. So that's your inner you. Once you've identified it, whatever it is, so I'll use an example and I'll say, um, Sydney, you could give your inner critic another name. So I don't think I've done that yet, actually. Um, but my inner critic's name, um, we'll just call her S she's S and S sometimes likes to say, 
don't put yourself out there again. You didn't, you know, get the result you wanted. So let's just keep it on the DL. Let's just keep it chill, right? Um, that's not a very specific example, but I'm going to just give you a broad example for this. So that's me identifying like, okay, I just did this thing. Wasn't, didn't, maybe I didn't get the result I wanted. So I'm just going to like push it off and I'm not going to like keep talking about this thing. We're just going to pretend it never happened, right? So I can identify that and it feels anxious. It feels kind of sad. It feels empty. It feels like failure. So these are all emotions and feelings. So I have to ask myself if I'm having these feelings around whatever this is and I don't want to do it and I want to push it off. Your second step is to ask yourself, is it true? Is that feeling you're having, is the thought you're experiencing, is what your inner critic saying to you true? There's actually two levels to this question. Because you might say, yeah, it is true. The last time I did X, I got the result Z and I don't want that again. So it's true. But there's also a deeper level of, are you a failure because that happened? And you're going to say yes or no. And then you have a second question that says, is this absolutely true? Is it absolutely true in every single scenario that you're a failure when you don't book every single sales call? Sales call? No, <laughs> right? Like if I have to answer, is it absolutely true? I would have to say no, because it's not absolutely true. Say that I book three out of five. That makes me a success just because I didn't book the two, right? And then what you do is you, well, I'll give you the further questions. You ask yourself, how do I feel when I feel this belief? How do I feel when I like listen to my inner critic S tell me, I'm a failure because I only booked three. I didn't book two sales calls and I had five. Well, I feel pretty terrible. I feel like I should have done harder. I should have like done more. I should have blah, 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 right? Then I get the opportunity to ask myself, how do I feel when I don't believe that belief? When I choose to not believe what S is telling me that I'm a failure. And I say, oh, I don't actually believe that. That feels totally different. It feels light, it feels um, free. It feels like, oh, okay, this is like put into context now. It's not reactive. And then the last step is that you turn it around. And what turning it around means is you find the opposite. So if the sentence or the thought that I'm believing is I'm a failure because I didn't book two sales calls, the opposite of that would be I'm not a failure because I didn't book these sales calls. And you ask yourself, are these true statements or how can they be true for you? And that's totally true, right? I'm not a failure because I didn't book these two sales calls. Another way you could turn it around would be to say, I'm a success because I didn't book those two sales calls. Okay, that's a little trippy, Sydney, you may be thinking. So how is that true? How is it true, the sentence, I am a success because I didn't book two sales calls? Well, if I think about it, I could say, you know what? If those two people that I talked to didn't book, that must mean they're not like aligned with me. They're not aligned with the program. They're not the right client for me. 
So the fact that I didn't book with them and I'm not working with them, that is a success because I don't want to work with people that don't want to work with me, right? So you can kind of keep going around the turnaround for a while. And those four steps, the like identifying it, um, the asking, is it true? Is it absolutely true? How do you feel with it? How do you feel without it? And then turning it around is the work by Byron Katie. This is incredibly, incredibly good if you are like an inner critic person and you have like a type A personality, you're in your head a lot and you need proof about things. Because what this does is it proves to your analytical brain, to S, the inner critic, that the things that S is telling me are not actually true because I've just proved it to myself. And I will tell you and give you a caveat that you uh, need to go to Google Byron Katie, the work, you need to write down these questions and write down your answers to these questions. Don't do this verbally with yourself because again, you're having conversations with yourself and you can have a much clearer conversation with yourself when it's written down and you're able to let that consciousness flow and you're not trying to balance the two of you in a verbal mental context. So go to her website or take these questions and write them down, but you can identify a thought and you can go through this process. This process is really, really good at calming down the inner critic. And that's a ninja move that you are going to need in business. I don't care how stylish you are, how many clients you have, how successful you are, how struggling you are right now. I don't care about any of that. Well, I do care about it because I want to help you with some of those things. <laughs> but those things don't mean that you're not going to struggle with the inner critic. And I don't believe that you are ever going to actually get rid of your inner critic because keep in mind, old S here, she's here to protect us. But we have to, I have to, you have to learn how to work with her and learn how to or him or they. Learn how to work with your inner critic to calm them the F down, <laughs> let them see another side, thank them for their participation in keeping you safe up to now, and very calmly letting them know, I got this. I have the tools to help me reduce my inner critic syndrome. If you are listening this week, what I want you to do is identify one experience, one instance, or one situation where your inner critic has told you you're a failure, or you can't do something, or it's all wrong, or you'll never be able to do it. I want you to identify and give your inner critic a name. I want you to identify that situation or that scenario, that belief that you have, and I want you to do the work. I want you to go to Byron Katie's website. I will link this in the show notes on the Profitable Stylist blog. So that'll be easy to find. And I want you to answer the four questions around that thought that your inner critic is telling you. And then once you're done with that, I want you to DM me and tell me how the exercise went. What did you find? Was it fun? Was it easy? Was it hard? Did you hate it? <laughs> Did you learn something? How well-equipped do you feel now with this ninja move to start 
pushing that inner critic back. Because no matter what, if you are in business and you are in business for yourself and you are self-employed and just normal people, this is, I mean, everyday people, like you could work in a corporate job. You can just be a mom. You can be a dad. You can like be whoever, be human. And you are going to have an inner critic, but we can start to tame the inner critic and rewrite and take control of the thoughts that are in our head. Because we are not our thoughts. Thank you, Jim Fortin. We are not our thoughts. We have thoughts and we can change our thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Personal Stylist Podcast. We are going to talk about four mental blocks that you may be experiencing or will experience and how to rethink them when you are a personal stylist that runs a kick-ass profitable business. Tune in next week and we will be talking all about the next syndrome, which is boom, 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 imposter syndrome. This is a big one, y'all. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to have for you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this screenshot, tag us on social media, listen on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and we will see you back right here next week. See ya.